The winds of war have actually been blowing steadily over American soil now for at least 60 years, or maybe even 60 years, depending on your perspective. But despite the present hurricane force gale that is now causing absolute sheer havoc in our entire nation, Americans seem still very sluggish to recognize the coup d'etat against our free republic by a genuine domestic enemy. And who is that enemy? The enemy is the mock political party called Democrats. Now we are watching them methodically destroy America. We have unprotected borders completely wide open and the criminals are crossing in massive droves. We have a trashed economy and now we have been seeing the neutralizing of our military force. We also have socialized medicine, and it's not just a weak system. It's a system that is systematically killing us. So every which way we turn, there seems to be corruption and devastation caused by government. And that really bothers me. But, you know, still, there are many Americans who still believe that these woes will somehow just pass and life will be business as usual again at least at some point in the future. And I'm asking you to think again about that. Welcome to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip. Some of us have been sounding the alarm for quite some time now. And I have a very special guest today who truly is one of the greatest watchmen I know. She is a patriot of patriots. I'd like you to meet Dr. Leva Leet, she is president and CEO of the Truth for Health Foundation, and this foundation is an incredible resource for all people, and we'll get into that tonight. She also is a frontline doctor and a radio show host and author on America Out Loud. She's an avid fighter for truth and liberty. I'd like to welcome you, and thank you very much for joining me today, Dr. Vliet. You are so welcome, Dr. LaTulip. I consider us warriors for God's truth and freedom on all fronts. Absolutely. Absolutely, we are. And we are in the heat of battle. You know, what I'd like to, what I had actually planned to do today, Dr. Vliet, is to, to discuss a few topics related to not just how Americans in general have been duped, um, but something that has uh, recently happened, uh, these people need to hear about this because it pertains to our military members. And we were supposed to record this show yesterday, and we did not because of a crisis. And I think it is, it is just only fitting that we discuss this because I think if people do not realize what is happening, and if this story that you're going to tell tonight does not wake up the American people to what's really happening in America right now, I think nothing will. And sadly, even good American patriots uh, might be failing to connect the, all the dots, and that does have consequences. So um, what I'd like to do is, first of all, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to you to know, tell our listeners uh, what happened with this crisis. But first, please, if you can, would you answer for me a very straightforward question? Do you believe that our government is actually trying to dismantle our military force? And if so, what purpose does this serve? 
Oh, there's no question that this administration carrying on what began under the Obama administration is gutting our military, decimating military readiness, and weakening our national security at the same time. I've done actually a number of, of programs on this, written a number of editorials on it, and the Truth for Health Foundation has set up a military advisory council, and I am working closely with military officers and enlisted people from all different branches of service who are discussing the way in which our military is being purged of Christians, conservatives, anyone who is thinking and following UCMJ regulations and questioning unlawful orders. And they are purging them as fast as they can. Now, we have legal defense grant programs in place to assist our military service members. And in fact, we have already awarded a number of legal defense grants to service members to help them in their legal fight to protect their constitutional rights. Steve, if our military cannot even have their own constitutional rank uh, rights defended by their command who took an oath to the constitution, then the rest of us are in even more jeopardy than we thought because our military defends all of us. Absolutely. You know, this touches home with me, Leah, as you know, I'm a retired Air Force. Um, I retired in very good standing as the chief of medicine in the Oregon Air National Guard. Now, I could just imagine what kind of a living hell this would be for me if I was still uh, on duty right now. Uh, having put in how many years, 15, 18, 20 years, whatever, seeking a retirement and all of a sudden having this thrown at me, I can tell you right now, I would not make it. Now, you mentioned uh, an acronym, the UCMJ. Do you want to describe that or would you like me to have a word about that? Well, I think you can certainly have a word about that because you lived under it. I'm helping defend it now, but you lived under it. Okay, so I just want my listeners to know the UCMJ is called the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It is what guides military members as far as their behavior and their rights and responsibilities as a warrior, as a fighting individual who has sworn an oath to defend our country. And with this code of military justice comes a responsibility to simply speak the truth and to expose wrong when you see it. Um, The problem that is present in the military today is that if a soldier abides by the guidelines and the regulations of the Uniformed Code of Military Justice, Um, In short, they are screwed because they will come after you. You will be targeted instantly. And this is has already happened and it happened last night. So if you would like to get into that crisis that you dealt with pretty much the whole day yesterday, um, I think our listeners do need to hear this. Well, it, it was really staggering. In fact, This is the Fort Benning case of the army captain who properly was advocating for people under his command, junior officers, which UCMJ requires officers to do. Officers take an oath to protect 
those under their leadership. And he is one of our military council advisory members. He is one of our legal defense grants because he had already been, had been persecuted, threatened with arrest for speaking out on the unlawful order requiring the use of emergency use authorization vaccines on behalf of the men and women under in his command. This was not his individual action. It was, he was doing the proper thing for people under his command when he raised the question with command about the unlawful order. They threatened him with arrest then, that was last fall. And we got into the picture with a legal defense grant in December. So I've been working closely with him for months now. And what happened yesterday, he went to properly file a criminal complaint against the command for a different issue. It related to harassment, abuse, fraternization, with by Major General Donahoe of the commander of Fort Benning base for issues related to mistreatment and violations of UCMJ regulations with female junior officers. So he was defending properly the people under him who could not stand up to a powerful major general. So when he went to file that complaint, he was put in a room and kept for several hours without communication. And then command directed him to undergo a behavioral health evaluation. And I am not clear whether it was a social worker or other mental health person. It was not a psychiatrist. I do know that. And that is what is required in the military regulations. And this person tried to make him a January 6th terrorist. Um, She was labeling him with judgmental statements. And then he was told that command had directed him to report to the emergency room for psychiatric admission on the grounds that he was a danger. I mean, this was the way it was presented to me that, that he was a danger to himself or others. Well, when I got that word at about five o'clock Arizona time yesterday, he was already at the emergency room, had been there for a number of hours without the evaluation taking place and then when the, when the psychiatrist on duty evaluated him late afternoon, early evening, he was told he was fine. There was no reason for him to be admitted. That psychiatrist went off duty. Command still pressured for the ER doctor to evaluate him and was directing psychiatric admission. Now, I want your listeners to understand something. And I am speaking with a great deal of knowledge on this because in addition to 
my internal medicine training, and that is the focus of my medical practice for the last 30 years, I actually also have formal training in psychiatry and in board certified. And I worked in the Johns Hopkins inner city, Baltimore psych ER. I worked in psych hospitals. I managed a psych unit at the University of Kansas. I know, and I also taught that and managed psychiatric admissions, particularly emergency admissions in Hampton Roads, Virginia. So I understand exactly what's entailed with involuntary commitment, detention, and forced medication. And when I heard the words that they were trying to label this young captain as a danger to himself or others, immediately I knew that they were setting this up on a trumped up psychiatric charge. And remember, I've been working with this person for the last six months. I absolutely will categorically state he does not have a psychiatric disorder. So this and, captain is stable and he is doing his job and he is doing his job to the full extent and beyond even he, yes. because he's behaving responsibly, he's punished. Now, how in the world uh, could they tell this captain to go to the emergency department because he is a danger to himself, because that in itself makes no sense whatsoever. I have had patients who uh, were admitted because of a true danger to themselves and of course, I would not tell them to go to the emergency department. I would have somebody there to assist them to make sure they get there because they truly were dangerous. Oh, so he would. No, sense. no, he was not voluntary. He was escorted. He I was see. escorted, okay. military escort to the emergency room. I was trying to just hit the highlights. But, but what was going on when, by the time that I got notified of what was going on and I started intervening, and calling the emergency room to speak, the nurse in the emergency room, who's a civilian nurse, this was Fort Benning um, military base. The nurse was not cooperative and was, was a roadblock on my speaking to him. So I quoted the army regulations that said, he has a right to speak to anyone he wishes. And then he said, well, there's no phone in the room. I said, fine, get him access to a phone. You're required to follow this order at any rate that person did not cooperate and said, well, I will go give him the message. So I said, fine, I will call back in 15 minutes. I called back. I asked to speak to the physician. I wasn't allowed to speak to the physician at that point. I then pushed to get the captain's attorney, who was someone I had facilitated arranging for him on the legal defense grant because our military legal grant recipients, we will fund it if they have a retired military JAG attorney now in the civilian world who is defending them because we need experienced military lawyers handling these military cases. So I had facilitated him getting David Wilson with DR Advocates. And David Wilson was a retired JAG attorney now in the civilian world. So I got David on the phone. I said, David, I need you to call with me and make this a conference call. We are going to have to have an attorney and the doctor because I've been through these situations earlier in my career. I knew we had to have an attorney. So I got David involved. We finally were able to get the captain on the phone. 
And we started going through what they were doing. The doctor in the ER, who will probably have a legal complaint filed against him as well. And the lawyer told him that because he was not cooperating with the legal principles that this army captain was being held unlawfully. He was falsely imprisoned in that ER by the command on no grounds with no procedural protections having been done and no evaluation by a, a psychiatrist Incredible. as required. Incredible. So the lawyer, so, the doctor was objecting to our intervention and he kept saying that, well, I'm too busy. I have other people and I don't have time to have all these phone calls. And we, we basically, the lawyer and me were both saying, you have an obligation to speak with us. At that point, we kept the captain on the phone and we were giving him some strategies that I was describing medically and David Wilson was describing legal issues. And they would not let us speak to command. They kept, the doctor kept saying, well, you have to take it up with the command, but they wouldn't give us the command phone number, although they were speaking with whoever the person was for command. And so finally, David Wilson told the captain, if they are not going to evaluate you, if they have, they have no grounds to hold you, then you need to leave. So I made the point that it was not safe for him to leave that emergency room alone at that late hour by himself with no phone. His phone battery had died. He had no communication. And, and I said, we need to get your wife to come and meet you so that you have someone there with you to witness whatever may unfold. I didn't trust that they would let him leave and not try to detain him unlawfully by the MPs. Well, as it turned out, it was a good thing that we had urged his, I took another phone, called his wife and said, we need you to get there. He, he's going to leave under his lawyer's direction and I need you to be there. So she had to get their children. They had four young children I think under the age of about seven and a six month old baby. So she had to get the children together in the car, get there and meet him. And I said, text me when you're there. And she did. And so then we, the attorney said, okay, you can leave. You will have your wife, your family and a phone. And they did not get three blocks away before they were pulled over by the MPs who and the, the MP, to his credit, was polite and respectful, but he said, we need you to get out of the car, come with us, and we have command order to take you to the psychiatric unit for admission. And the Army captain kept his cool, he was polite, he was respectful, and he wanted to know on what grounds. And of course, the attorney and I, we're still on the phone with them. I was not going to hang up until this was resolved. I wanted there to be witnesses. The attorney stayed on the phone and we were guiding them on what to say if questions came up. His wife is in, in the car. 
the four children, it's the middle of the night by then. This was two o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. The four children are crying and terrified. His whole family was, was just traumatized by what was happening. They ultimately, they first had three MPs. They kept them for an hour, more over an hour. And by the time about 20 minutes into this whole ordeal with the MPs, they had seven MPs called to take this one nonviolent, respectful, cooperative captain to the psych unit. I, I mean, it, it was just an absolutely horrendous situation it, and terrifying it's, it's for un, them. It's unimaginable. Now, you, you know, you made a comment uh, in a uh, message to, to me. You said this is way bigger than the vaccine issue. Would you please explain that statement, Dr. Bleak? Well, this is weaponization of psychiatry to punish your opposition. This, this commander of that base was punishing this captain for having spoken out legally and correctly and his duty to report violations of UCMJ. This commander, this was no question retaliatory in the worst way by weaponizing psychiatry. And Dr. LaTulip, you and I well know that this is exactly what Stalin did in handling political prisoners to weaponize psychiatry, medicate them, and send them off to the gulag. That's quite right. Frankly, it's, it's identical. It is absolutely identical. And that's why I say it is much bigger because I have now been in discussions today with other army members who said that this is happening across many army bases already. It is far worse than people know. And remember, this, this criminal complaint was related to abusive, um, harassing, fraternization, and other behavior towards junior female officers. The worst kind of military mistreatment of junior officers Definitely. And By it a happens, person in power. Sure. And it happens much more often than you would think. And of course, um, if the we have a military that has gone woke, that means it is being governed, ruled by Democrats. And look at the atrocities we are seeing with pedophilia, with all kinds of sexual abuse, with the LGBTQIA plus agenda that is nothing but pure sexual perversion. And the real sad fact is that now our best military members are facing punishment for actually doing the right thing. And this has become a part of the new normal and I absolutely refuse to accept it. And I am so glad that there are others who take the same stand because when we are losing our military force, that makes us extremely gullible. We're, we're at risk of being attacked from external enemies, but I don't think we even need to go that far because the domestic enemy is totally destroying America. And that concerns me. Oh, absolutely. should terrify everyone listening. This level of retaliation, false imprisonment, weaponization of psychiatry, and trust me, 
I have been there in the ER. I have been involved in having to do the procedures related to calling security and forcible medication to tranquilize people under emergency detention orders. I know what the legal framework is. I know the guidelines we had to meet in that was during some of my training as well as following those years. But I know the procedures. None of them were followed. And I knew that as soon as they started the any forced medication at all, claiming he was a danger, that he was on the slippery slope to very severe consequences, potentially medically. I've actually had to rescue patients in the ER who were over-medicated with psychotropic drugs. It can be very damaging. And I've testified in lawsuits earlier in my career when patients had permanent damage neurologically from abuse of psychotropic medicines in these forced medication scenarios. So I, if, if anything, I understood all too well from firsthand experience what the risk and jeopardy to this young man were, which was why I pushed so hard to get the help he needed last night. Several people were saying, well, we, you know, I'll call the hospital tomorrow. We'll do this tomorrow. I said, no, we have to do it tonight. We cannot let this go any further. We must get him out before any forced medication is started because they were using, they were using the buzzwords and I knew where it was headed. And that was the big concern. And when we weaponize a medical specialty against our own citizens on political grounds, on the fact that you don't like somebody or the fact that they called you out for bad behavior or illegal behavior or abusive behavior, and they get away with it because they're in charge and you're not, that is a terrifying situation that every citizen should be very scared about the ominous portent that this raises for all of us. Definitely. This is indeed an insurrection uh, from a domestic enemy. You know, all along, I mean, ever since we have experienced the, the insane, crazy COVID response, as everybody's calling it, um, things have just gone from bad to worse. And I have to tell you, sometimes I, I feel like inadvertently, we even ourselves may enable it. I, for example, I personally struggle with some of the terminology that we've used all along discussing uh, things um, pertaining to, say, the, uh, the vaccine. For one thing, we're calling it a, an experimental vaccine. Now, this has none of the properties of a classic vaccine, and yet they have used the word so much that people now call it that, and we all tend to call it that, but it's not that. And I would go further and say it is not even experimental uh, in the sense of being medicinal or therapeutic because this was a bioweapon created in a bio lab to have a, a particular effect. And when you have things um, you know, in, in the jab that was developed to cause harm specifically, and they knew about it, such as spike proteins, the HIV sequence, uh, the lipid nanoparticle technology, all of it was designed for harm. Was it not? Or, or am I off base there? No, no, I don't think there's any question. They knew the harm 20 years ago when they first began working with 
this technology. But let me come back to something um, that I, I want to share with your listeners very quickly before I, I'm sure you're going to have to take a break. This is a quote from the criminal complaint that the army captain had gone to the proper location on base to file on April 4th, 2022. Quote, and I'm reading from the criminal complaint. I have a copy of it. Quote, the deliberate targeting of young female officers in a student status under his command is sickening, shows a drastic departure from sound decision-making expected of any officer, let alone one of the senior officers in the Army, and is a clear violation of multiple articles of the UCMJ. No young male officers received this kind of special treatment and attention, which is a quote related to something else, from Major General Donahoe. The UCMJ article that Major General Donahoe has clearly violated include Article 92, failure to obey, obey an order or regulation, Article 134, fraternization, and Article 133, conduct on becoming an officer and a gentleman. Each mentioned UCMJ violation is punishable by a court-martial and therefore meets the criteria under Rule 301, 302, and 303 of Chapter 3 Manual for Courts Martial 2019, period, end of quote. Wow. Astounding. It sounds like this major general is the one who actually needs a, a full psychiatric evaluation uh, based on that kind of behavior. But the, yeah, this is what we are seeing in the military. And that is by design as well. Going back to Obama, um, they installed the type of people that they wanted so that the military would be taken down and they are actively in the process of doing it. Well, we're going to take a short break and then we shall return to further discuss the atrocities happening to our military and beyond. Don't go away. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, <coughs> coughing. Flu, cold, and SARS-CoV-2 are everywhere. Would you like an additional layer of protection to reduce these threats with an invisible mask? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, Cofix RX, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs that make us sick. Find a retailer near you or buy online at cofixrx.com. America Out Loud listeners use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Along with a healthy immune system, clean air is vital for optimal health. According to the EPA, we spend 90% of our time indoors, where germs are most concentrated. It's essential to clean indoor air. Genesis is the only technology that quickly, safely, and effectively kills pathogens both in the air and on surfaces in seconds, reducing the viral load in any environment. 
the powerful, well-built Genesis Fogger produces a dry, ultra-fine mist using HOCL, which occurs naturally in our own immune systems. We'll be living with airborne diseases in the future. New viruses and antibiotic-resistant superbugs are no problem for Genesis. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash outloud. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Back to Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip, and my special guest, Dr. Lee Valite. We have been talking about events that de- demonstrate the atrocities of what is taking place now as we speak in America, and namely in our military. You know, in order to overtake a country, especially a country that is armed of its citizenry, the military has to be destroyed. And um, that is happening at a very quick pace. And I, I find it extremely frustrating that so little is being done to actually fight this fight. We have seen beyond any doubt that our government is not only corrupt, not only dysfunctional, but is actually bound and determined to overthrow the Constitution and destroy America as we know it. And things are getting worse. But on the other hand, I think that there's a chance that Americans are waking up. Uh, I have with me Dr. Valit today, who has explained how the military in detail is being attacked, our best military men, and they're being attacked by a field of medicine. So medicine uh, and the weaponization of medicine does not only entail the COVID response with the vaccine, the lockdowns, the whole uh, kit and caboodle. It's it's more than that. So the question is, uh, what do we do about it? What can we actually do to stop these people? Dr. Vliet, that's a very difficult question to answer, but what specifically are you doing to fight this? Well, number one, we are doing the medical freedom, military advocacy, and legal defense grants to help secure the constitutional rights being overridden, particularly in the military where it's much more egregious than what we are seeing in the civilian world. And secondly, we have been putting up legal help guidelines on our website and we actually can facilitate directing people to template criminal complaints. We're working on several of those related specifically to the military and we have the criminal complaint form on our website for those who are encountering these abuses in the civilian world. We also have a number of template letters that people can use 
in employer situations. And let me give some very specific guidance to anyone listening to this show who is in the military, who is being threatened with a required behavioral health evaluation for trumped up charges. Now, I'm very supportive, obviously, of people who are having trauma, psychological distress, depression, suicidal ideation, absolutely need professional, mental health professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, and others to assist them and get them proper treatment. But I'm talking about the situations that are rampant right now on trumped up charges, trying to make this a psychiatric case when it's not. And number one, for everybody listening, and this comes from attorneys I've worked with, as well as my own experience knowing the rules in emergency detention situations back at the beginning of my career. Number one, any emergency detention order must have adequate documentation of grounds for being a danger to this to self or others. That's true in the civilian world. It's true in the military. It cannot just be a, an unsubstantiated opinion or a claim that is not substantiated and properly documented in the case of the military, according to military regulations. In the case of the civilian world, each state is different. You have to meet the state guidelines. Number two, a patient needs an attorney and the attorney can and should demand to see all paperwork immediately. And in the military, each branch has specific regulations that have to be met. So same is true in a civilian psychiatric ER. If the hospital or the behavioral health facility does not properly support the documentation, and if they refuse a release, then a civilian attorney or a military attorney can contact a local judge, in the case of the military, be a federal judge, for an emergency motion for release of the person. And I I recall, I'm not a lawyer, but I think the term is that it's an emergency habeas corpus motion. Any attorneys listening can check me on that. But in this case, in military installations, it it does have to be a, a federal court. And then if that threat of emergency motion for release is not honored, then the attorney can file for a temporary restraining order on an emergency basis. And most states in the civilian world and most military uh, federal judge situations have the provision for that. And then what's unique about the situation in a military hospital is that any civilians who are working there as the nurse was a civilian that are involved in an illegal detention actually are risking civil liability and potential criminal liability for their conduct. So those are some specific directions that everybody listening needs to understand. Those are their rights to request an attorney and to not agree to being forcibly medicated without an attorney present to to determine whether it was a properly arranged detention. In addition, we have also created the Citizens Vaccine Injury Reporting System, 
because the CDC and VAERS are not doing their job. They've made the VAERS reporting system for vaccine adverse events impossibly difficult for health professionals, much less the public. They're not, they're not uploading all of the complaints that are there. They're not reporting them. And VAERS has been known to be flawed for decades. Harvard published a study in 2010 that talked about the fact that they showed clearly that it was flawed, difficult to use, and probably only captured, they estimated about 1% of the adverse events. So when you look on VAERS or openvares.com and you see that we're over 26,000 deaths, you need to think about that as that may only be 1% of the actual number. So we decided to take the time to do follow up on a commitment I made at the end of 2021 that we would create a citizen's reporting system and a citizen's vaccine safety report and as we analyze the data. So our reporting form launched this past week and it is user-friendly, accessible to anyone and the data is stored in a secure server controlled by Truth for Health Foundation with our IT people quite capable of handling the security for that database. And then our medical advisors and scientific advisors, epidemiologists will assist us in evaluating the database and reporting on it to the public very openly and transparently. And so I encourage everybody listening, go to truthforhealth.org, click on the scrolling banner at the top that says file a vaccine injury report, or if you have another problem and you want to file a criminal complaint, click on that button and get the form and follow the instructions on filing a criminal complaint because you don't need a lawyer to do that. And this way, people are empowered to act to stop these abuses. We also have posted I went ahead and took what I was doing in my own medical practice that I've used for many years to take an integrated evaluation of my patients. And then I've added to it the inflammatory markers that I've been using since COVID began that are more targeted to what we're seeing with inflammation, blood clotting, and immune dysregulation in COVID and the vaccine injuries. And I put an educational resource on our website truthforhealth.org, and under vaccine injury resources, there is a list of the laboratory tests that people can ask their doctors to do, or if the doctor is refusing, they can order them online themselves on most of these tests, and you just, you pay cash or credit card and order the test yourself, find out the information about how this experimental shot may be affecting you. And that's our, these are all very major action steps. We actually are helping to fund a major lawsuit that will be announced shortly. So I'm not at liberty to talk about all of that tonight, but it is going to be a major defense of our military service members that will be announced in another couple of weeks. So well, we look forward to hearing that um, we Dr. are doing a lot on this front in care. We are not just disseminating information, Dr. Latulip. We are empowering people with the tools they need to defend themselves against tyranny. 
And that's very important. Uh, Dr. Vliet, I, I do want to say that I did, uh, I have visited your website a couple of times and actually I would agree that it is very user-friendly. Now, I, I would like to reach out to my military cohort uh, and express to them something that is not going to be spoken uh, or even brought up. Uh, the resources may be readily available and there and easy to use, but you as a military member know that if you do speak up, if you do buck the system, then you are placing a target on your back. And that is just a fact. Uh, this captain who has been um, so severely persecuted and abused uh, is not going to have likely a successful military career without a change of regime. And I mean a full change of regime against uh, the globalist party that now rules uh, in our country. But um, it takes a lot of courage for soldiers to speak up because soldiers are from the time they go into their basic training or officer training, they are uh, taught to obey the chain of command to obey orders and to be respectful. And that's what they like to do because these are honorable young men and women. So it's gonna take an awful lot of strength, mental fortitude, a lot of guts to just come forth and say, you know, I refuse to participate in the crimes that are now uh, being forced upon us. It takes a willingness to really fight for your country. And I think that we need to recall that when we took an oath, it was not to defend our military generals or leaders. It was not to defend even our president, it was to defend the constitution of the United States of America. And there is most definitely a price to be paid when we go forward, but, what you as a military member who is facing persecution needs to understand is that you are not alone. And if you choose to be the soldier that you really want to be to make your nation proud, then you must rise up and expose the hypocrisy, expose the evil that is now destroying our country. This is called defending our constitution. So, well, uh, Yes, also, let me just make the point that this army captain has been courageously speaking up and fighting for those under his command. And he, he has been persecuted for the last six months and he is still speaking out. You notice in spite of all he'd already been dealing with, with the threats of arrest and the threats of court martial, when he was doing the right thing, he continued to carry forward the fight for those junior officers. And I want to emphasize how much respect I have for him. He is a devout Christian. He is a man of deep faith and he is going to do the right thing. And we are doing everything in our power to defend him. And that is the kind of courageous military members that we need desperately right now. So all of you listening, there is legal defense for you if they do try to retaliate. And the threat of retaliation is no different from the threat of a bullet when you're downrange. You have got to stand up for the constitution, for what's right, and for what is God's truth. 
and God's gift of life and liberty, if you want to preserve your life and stand before your God on judgment day and know you did the right thing, that is what we are all called to do. And I challenge everyone listening, it's your time. This is the Normandy of our day, and we need to move forward in the fight and stand up. It truly is, and those are good words. You know, one thing uh, that does seem right now to be quite apparent to everyone, the Democrats are in trouble. They know it, and we conservatives know it, we Christians know it. They are headed for a total disaster this election year, and there's nothing they can do within legal means to salvage their party. And notice I emphasize legal means. Yes, you know, it should be a cause for rejoicing, but I assure you it's not because the Democrat Party does not care anything about legal means. They stole the election by treason. They've accomplished only things that lead to the death of our nation. Think about it. They support abortion, infanticide, uh, sexual perversion of every kind, drug and human trafficking. They welcome illegal aliens and offer criminals safe harbor with full benefits paid by you and I, the American taxpayers, while the working class get nothing. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, and the elites are crushing us. So this truly is a battle between good and evil. And we have to be willing to take a stand, perhaps more than we will ever know. And I believe that this is the year that we will find out. There is- Well, I think we're headed for election fraud, Dr. Latula. I don't think I do too. there will I be anything too. legal about this election unless every American who cares about being able to live your life in freedom stands up and fights back at the local level and at the state level, because that's where you're going to make a difference. We have six battleground states that investigated election fraud from 2020, not a one of them in the legislature's the attorney generals for those states, none of them have acted on audits that clearly showed massive election fraud. And that is an ominous sign. And it's only going to be an outcry and a pushback and civil disobedience among the public that's going to hold them accountable to do that. And if they don't fix that, if we don't address that and act on that, there won't be any legal election in 2022, and there won't be the shellacking that conservatives and Republicans are so confident is going to happen because the Democrats will do exactly, and the radical Marxists will do exactly in the midterms what they did in the presidential election in 2020. Yes. And I think the chances of that actually happening are pretty high. Now, the question that we have to ask ourselves, being realist, is what if it does happen? What then? Because what other recourse does a free republic have other than the vote if the vote is discounted and if the Constitution is truly overthrown? I see only one answer to that, and nobody likes to really talk about it. It's called the Second Bill of Rights, otherwise known as the Second Amendment. And that's no, I can't agree. That's why the Second Amendment is there for exactly this situation. And you're right. People don't want to face that that is the reality. That, that is critical. 
But the question also has to be asked, does the Second Amendment uh, actually ever serve any useful purpose any longer? I think that's what's on the back of people's minds. Because if push came to shove, first of all, do you think people of the United States would ever take up arms against the government? And, you know, after all, warfare in this era is a whole lot different than it was in 1776 and in that era. The globalist movement is a whole new beast and their weapons of choices are not the classic weapons of war. So uh, it makes a fighting a war much more complicated. And I believe that's where we are going. And I do believe that we are on to it and we are starting to finally see victories. But that question remains, what if election fraud uh, takes over again? Well, I think if the election fraud succeeds in 2022, then I do think America, as we've known it as a free nation, is lost. I think we're very close to that point. I think we need more people to wake up and push back, file criminal complaints, use the surety bond process that's outlined on our website, resist the mandates. And I think we also need people to begin to confront the lies in their local media, in their local churches, local call-in radio shows, start talking about it, questioning this. You know, it doesn't take but a few people to start questioning and pushing back to be a role model for others. We have seen that happen over the last two years. So we, we need have. more people to do exactly that. I mean, get off your butt, get off the couch, stop watching Netflix and focusing on video games, get involved, take your kids out of the public schools if you don't like what they're teaching and homeschool them. There are homeschooling community groups. Yes, I know parents have to work, but there are homeschooling community groups and networks that are helping parents do that. And so if, the, if, every, if people took their kids out of the public schools that are paid based on the number of students, this public school system could collapse. You don't have to put up with the abusive uh, kind of curriculum that's destroying our values and making your children feel guilty because they are white as opposed to, you know, I mean, this is just beyond comprehension. So stop putting up with it is what I would say. Absolutely. Very good words. Needless to say, you know, the American empire is sinking fast, but at the same time, the resistance recently also is rising fast. And if America's demise is God's will, okay, then there's nothing we're going to be able to do to stop it. And that's another discussion for another time. But the truth is, if we fail to actually repent, and if we continue to ignore the Bible standard, which actually gave us the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, if we fail 
the founders of our nation who gave us such a solid foundation, then our, our, our own sin of apathy and slothfulness is going to allow the demonic Democrats to do their damage, and they will succeed in destroying our republic. They can do this. And on the other hand, if we keep choosing to fight and to speak the truth loudly and boldly and be the resistance that we need to overcome this evil, we can most certainly preserve our country and restore a free republic to the United States of America again. Absolutely right. Well said. Well, Dr. Lee, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on this program, and I commend you for for not just talking, but you have just done so many amazing things, uh, actually put things into action, and if, if people were to do only a tenth of what you are doing, wow, we would win this war uh, overnight practically, and that's what we need to do because we must know the enemy, we must face the enemy, and then we must defeat the enemy of good so that uh, we can thrive again and also make America the great nation that it was. If God rules our country and we become one nation under God, then we're going to win this war. And so I would encourage uh, all of you listeners to please uh, do visit truthforhealth.org uh, it's a great resource if you get into trouble, if you're feeling weak, if you need encouragement and strength. First of all, realize you're not alone and realize that you can reach out to many good people. Dr. Valit, I thank you so much for joining me tonight. You are so welcome. God bless and pray God is in control. Turn back to him. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip and my guest, Dr. Lee Valite. And may God empower you all to be the resistance against every form of evil. Until next week, adieu.